And I just want to thank the Lord for his great mercy, his great love, and his power. And in this ways, we take our communion. Uh, I'll just pretend. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 27, is the Lord's Supper. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and says, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Jesus, that he died for us, and that he has risen again. But we thank you, Lord, that his body was broken for us, and that if we eat of this, we do this in remembrance. So let us eat together in the name of Jesus. After the same manner, also he took the cup, and when he supped, saying, This is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it, and in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he cometh. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for us on Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, that you forgive us all of our sins, known and unknown. That we would not drink condemnation to ourselves, for there is no condemnation in your love, in your glory, in your might. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Let us partake together. God bless you. Does anyone have anything to share today? I've cut my sermon in half already. Praise God. Come, yeah. Good morning. Um, okay, so I don't know if you haven't been able to see the the Jesus Revolution movie yet. I totally. I oh my goodness, we're gonna go again on Tuesday. Um, it was absolutely incredible and. As it ended, we were sitting there in the, I was going to say pew, it wasn't pew, it was the movie theater, but we were sitting there and just <laughs> kind of blown away by the whole thing. It was, it was just a really incredible story. Um, but it wasn't just that it was an incredible story, it just left you with this 
this desire to see God move, like, God, if you did it before, if you did it then, you'll do it now. And um, we went home and we couldn't stop talking about it. And um, we woke up the next morning still, that's all we were thinking about talking about. And just, just, anyways, I flipped open um, my Bible to Isaiah and I'd just been praying you know, praying for our kids, praying for this generation, there's just so much. And I mean, in, in our own family, there is so much going on as far as, you know, identity and, and seeing who, who they are. And I opened Isaiah 41. <laughs> it says, the poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and desolate heights and fountains in the midst of valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. And I just, I'm just, I don't know. I am so excited because I believe God is on, God is on the verge of doing something incredible with this generation. And with the, the, there is so there are so many who are lost, and I'm just, I'm just going to stand on those words that there, there is a generation who is hungry and who is thirsty, who is dying for, for water, and we have it. We have it. And so I'm just, um, I would encourage you to watch the movie, but I would just, that we would just be seeking God. And actually, I'm going to follow it up. This, <laughs> this was a verse this morning, too, actually, that hit me. Um, I was reading in, in Luke this morning, and you know, there's the, there's the Lord's Prayer, and it carries on. He talks about, um, you know, you know, a neighbor or a friend comes to visit, and you don't have bread, and so you go and bang on your neighbor's door and ask for bread and keep asking, and eventually he'll, you know, he'll come, you know, your neighbor will give you the bread just to make you go away, basically. And then, um, and then it gets to the portion where he's talking about, you know, seeking, knocking, asking, right? And I've always had that in my head as, like, these are, these are kind of worldly things. Yeah, you know, I need these, these things. I mean, you know, there's the like knowing God, <laughs> but there was, I think so often I've, I've interpreted that as, um, yeah, you know, just keep asking God for these things, but the last verse, the culmination of all of this, of the Lord's prayer, you know, of all of this, the culmination was, and your father who is, oh, I'll just read it because I'm going to say it wrong because I'm all nervous now. <laughs> Brian, I just thought it was so cool, everything you were saying this morning. I'm like, oh, this is what God's like totally speaking right now to me. So um, the last verse, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It wasn't stuff. The culmination of all of it, of all the stuff, of all the things, of everything, he's, it's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's giving us. That's what he's going to do. That's the streams in the desert. You know, that's, the, that's what's coming. The Holy Spirit. He's given that to us. That is everything. That's the whole thing. I just was like, this morning I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Sean slept in a little bit this morning and I'm like, wake up. Like I got to talk to you. But <laughs> so I just, I'm just, I'm just so encouraged. Like I, I know I've said to people, I was wrecked by that movie and I, I am wrecked, but in the best possible way because I am expecting, I am expecting, I'm expecting. And he said, he's a good father. And if a, even a crummy earthly dad can give good things, he is going to give us the best, and it's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's got. I just, anyways, that's it.
I want to see a little excitement when you come up here, okay? I'm, I'm so glad you did that, Teresa. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you haven't seen the movie yet, honestly, I'm, I'm, I went thinking this is going to be such an amazing evangelism tool for people who don't yet know Christ, but we were, we were sitting in the same row. I was absolutely walloped as the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son wasn't really about the younger son uh, for me it was about me <laughs> and um, just getting wrecked with the heart of God again so yeah I'm super super excited at how God is using this as a catalyst in our community and the the prayers that are going up and for the you know the problems may have looked different in the 70s 60s and 70s but it's it's all the same roots and the enemies after identity he's 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 trying to distort truth and we have it we have it we have it we have it it, it and it's it is it's the holy spirit and god gave me that same night about the persistent widow knocking at the door so that's hilarious just to hear you saying that so press in church in prayer press in to see the hand of god move in our generation what if what if what if what if He's looking for a man to stand in the gap. He says, I looked and I didn't see anyone in the earth. But what if? What if he looks and you're there and you're on your face and you're going, God, what about me? What about my family? What about my town? What about where I live? Lord, I want to see change. I want to see transformation. I want it to look like you did it, not us. We can't do it. We can't do it. But God, you can. So do what you want to do. Hallelujah. I actually got up to tell you about next Sunday morning, <laughs> but there we go. That happened. So um, next Sunday morning, there's a sunrise service at the confluence of the rivers, which is a big joke because the rivers have changed, but we'll be there at the, F, the, the Fraser in the Coquihalla. So if you park down at, um, at the end of what is Wardle, right where the signs are for the trails, you'll see the cars and you'll see there will not be another group of people out there at 630 in the morning. It will be us. So... Um, Bruce said, Janice said she would come if we have the sunrise service at noon, but that's not quite how it works. So 6.30 for the sunrise service at the river. Then let me just check. 8.45 at the Baptist Church for pancake breakfast. So uh, we, can, we can join in those things together as um, believers from various churches, and then we'll be here at uh, the Easter service at 10.30. All right, thanks. not a book it's just a page <laughs> this is what I think the Lord wanted me to share today for everyone how is it possible that a person can be driving along the road and see a hazard and just keep driving full steam ahead when a person seems to continue to be going forward headstrong or self-willed and without ever even slowing down a bit I believe that there's a message in this for all of us today Unlike a hazard at a golf course, a hazard means a danger or a risk. When your danger could involve a feel that, in, that you have to ha wear, be wearing a hazard suit. When your danger could involve that you might feel that you have to wear a hazmat suit in your journey, this could mean you might want to take a moment and ask the Lord for a, definitiv a definitive direction. 
So I believe that a word for today is not to be striving and that we don't always have to keep driving. A couple verses in Psalm 103. In verse 9, it says, he, won't, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. In verse 2 to 5, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins, all your sins. He heals all your diseases, and he redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your soul with good things, and that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So today is Palm Sunday, and it is where we can reflect on his mercy and grace. I think grace is also the word for today. Thank you. Take a load off. Uh, sorry, Bruce, I just got carried away there. There once was a young man who came to the Lord, and, and one day he decided to go to church. And uh, he went to church, and because he was a divorcee, he, nobody sat around him. Nobody came over and said hello. Nobody assured him of anything. But God had touched him in such a way that he still came back. A lot of people won't come back. They just move on. And uh, that's the problem with the church back in the 70s and early 80s. They didn't accept people. You were unwanted. You, you weren't worthwhile. And uh, that's why God had to intervene and do it his way. And uh, there was uh, lots of issues. They wouldn't allow him later on, even if he was coming on a regular basis, to be involved in any part of the church. So that young man decided to go up, you know, and do things in another way. And uh, eventually, uh, he continued on, regardless of what they were doing. And God would tell him, look, I want you to become a leader. I says, how is that possible? When uh, they're all saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. He says, doesn't matter. He says, I got something for you. So the young man kept moving along, kept looking and finding things. And uh, the Lord just kept on le uh, leading him along the way. But that's the problem when people get into the point of only we only allow righteous people in our church. We don't allow all the other types in. <laughs> so eventually, he just kept serving the Lord and in the capacity that the Lord was showing him. And uh, he just kept going, kept going. And he became a leader in three different churches. But he had told the Lord, I do not want to be a leader unless you have a 100% vote for me. He did it three times in three different churches for that young man. That's pretty amazing. Let God move. Let him do his thing.
Because you can't stop them anyhow. There's so much happened, you know, the movie, everything that that's there. But I, I see one focus, and that there's two ways to live our life, self-centered or Christ-centered. We can't live with a relationship with Christ if our focus is always on self. We live in this life, We'll be surrounded by fear, anxiety, because our anchor and our strength is not in Christ. So we haven't arrived, but every time we drift, we need to get back into the focus that it's not about me, it's not about my circumstances. Our focus has to be on Christ. I guess I shouldn't be amazed, but I like to be amazed. <laughs> it feels really good. I mean, in this season of preparing for the harvest, we need to concentrate on ourselves. What, what Bill said about, you know, are you, are you self-centered or are you concentrating on God and what he wants us to do? I have some people to thank. Uh, I was uh, in the buy and save parking lot and I saw Teresa and Sean on a poster date. They were holding hands and putting up posters. I saw Bill also putting up posters by the bank. And then yesterday when I went to, when Jan and I went to visit my mother at Fraser Lodge and Sue had said she didn't see a lot of posters. Well, on that day... There was a lot of posters. I went into my bathroom this morning and sat down, and on the back side of my bathroom door was a Jesus Revolution picture. I'm just kidding. They were everywhere. This is, your, your effort is incredible. And, and that's what's so amazing about this group, is that we do stuff. Just don't sit around. I just, uh, I just thank you for that. Last, and last Sunday, um, Sue had been bugging me about taking some time off. And uh, it was my son-in-law's birthday. So we, we hung together. And uh, it, was, it was really nice. But I, I want to commend how you people handled what happened last Sunday. Uh, there was a, a lady that came that was, um, had a demon, I guess I'll say. And you handled it. You handled it in God's authority and in his love. And I, I commend you on that for stepping up to not sitting there and being fearful. Because we don't need to be fear, fearful. We have the answer. The answer is Jesus. I... I mean, it's, it's happened before, 
and it will happen again because uh, revivals are not, oh, what would the word be? Are not clinical. I know, that just came to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, I, I've said this joke before, but like Goliath said, nothing has entered my mind like this before. <laughs> Praise God. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to the film. Um, and, I, and I said before that I'd already cut my sermon. I want to thank Heather for sending, I can't remember when it was, but she sent us a devotion, and Jan and I had just got back from chemo. And it was exactly what I needed to see. It was exactly what Jan needed to see. Heather was unctioned by the Holy Spirit to do that. She, she wasn't, well, I should do that. I know that the Holy Spirit unctioned her because of, because of what it did to me. It's like when I come to church, too, after a hard, uh, an interesting week, I'll say interesting week. But we're all, we're all in that place right now because God wants us to clean up things in our lives. And it's in all of us. So all of us are going through things. Sue shared about... Um, Andrew, and God miraculously took care of that. It was, to me, it was amazing. I mean, I, we're living a lot on cancer wards, and, you know, we, we get, we're getting, to, getting ready to go, and my, my wife says, so who are we going to minister to this time? And that's a, that's a lady that is being healed of stage four ovarian cancer, and the clinical nurse was so excited and thankful that she was still alive because the other people on the study have passed away. And Jan is doing so good. And the oncologist had the same response. And I said, well, I just want to let you know, I think there's at least 10,000 people praying for my wife. So I said, so... The next time you get some people on a clinical study, you give us names and we'll pray for them. We will help you. Praise God. The, the opportunity that exists before us, and I believe it was Heather's idea, God birthed this. Why don't we get the Jesus Revolution in our theater here? And she went to the theater guy and said, can we do this? Praise God. There's room for those things in our lives. I, I was driving by and I, I would, was waiting for the Jesus Revolution to be on the theater thing. And I made note that the Jesus Revela Revolution name was up there. And then there was some movie about cocaine. And I thought, how appropriate. Don't be mad. That's appropriate. Because God's going after those people. He's, he's, he's unctioning us to love on people. That's where it's going. I, uh, I woke up maybe a week and a half ago. <laughs> well, I, woke, I wake up a lot of days. 
(laughs) Okay, laugh it off. I can take it. (laughs) And a song, it was three in the morning, came to me. And it was a song that we, I believe we all know. And we don't sing it very much anymore. And it goes way back. And I'm not going to sing it for you. You can clap now. And, and Bill and, and John and Michelle and touched on these things. And, and Teresa. I always thought Teresa was quiet. Praise God, she's not. She's excited because of Jesus. We need to be excited. We need to be excited because he is the only answer. I had someone come to our door this week, and it was really humbling. Hands a check to us, and we're not talking about a $5 check. Do you? And Jan, I think I might have been in the bathroom or sleeping or something. Jan comes to the door. And he says, uh, I want this to go to the poor. Praise God. God's favor? God's favor? Just, it's, it's humbling. And, and he does that because he's happy with us. Oh, we got our, I got my blemishes. I got my faults. But he's happy with us. And we need to get ready we need to take stock of what he wants to change. You know, when you first become a Christian, there's a, oh, things drop off of you right and left. The easy stuff. I got hard stuff now. Hard stuff that I've held on to too long. And I'm dealing with something now that's tough. And it's hard. But our God is able Our God is able to do that. So the song was, so forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. Don't be self-centered. John, that was what you shared, wasn't it? Don't be self-centered. It's about Jesus. It's about our Heavenly Father. That's what we concentrate on. Steve and I were with someone the other day and it took Three hours. Christian took three hours to get to that point. To forget about yourself, to concentrate on Him and worship Him. That's God, God's asking us to do that. Nothing else matters. It's all, it's all or nothing. I'm in. I'm in. Are you in? I, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of my daughters, and I'm, I'm so proud of Sarah. She's 35-ish, and she's leading a Bible study in her church for older ladies. This is, this is, a, this is a little girl who wasn't always brave, had some learning problems. I'm just so amazed. Like, you know, there's nothing quite like it when your kids get it. When they get Jesus. When they stand up and say, pick me, I'm in. 
Here's, here's what she wrote. She, she writes a newsletter each, each month. And uh, it always seems to be what I'm going to share about. Or she gives me, through Jesus, something to share about. I'm going to just, just read it. Hello, everyone. During this lovely month of March, the Rempel clan enjoyed our first spring break. Ellie was home from preschool for two weeks and wasn't able to enjoy some fun time away. While we call it a break, that's in, in those little things, if you have been a parent, you will know that breaks doesn't mean life stops. <laughs> See, Trish is nodding over there. We might be away, but the routines of life keep happening. I mean, we still need to eat, right? It was in one of those moments of routine that I took the kids to the playground. It was close to dinner, so my mind was still thinking about getting us to the dinner table. Then, while trying to keep us on schedule, the Holy Spirit dropped a thought in my mind. Much like this song. I haven't sang that song for 10 years, so I know it was God. The Holy Spirit dropped a thought in my mind. Take the lead. Take their lead. I took a breath, pulled my motherly achiever hat off, and decided, let's follow their lead. It was a blast. I followed Ellie and Obi around the playground, and I continually thought, just follow and let them lead. We giggled and laughed, and I'm pretty sure I had more fun than they did. And no, we were not late for dinner. This opportunity helped me remember that I actively need to take God's lead in what he has called me to do. Although I try my best to hear the call and live the mission he has before me, I often forget God is there with me, and I try to make my own way. I need to continually remember that he sets the mission, sets the path before me, and is there with me to help me. While the things I learned in Identity and Thrive those were a couple of courses she took, about my strengths and being an achiever should be remembered, celebrated, and lived out. If I do the work without God, I'm laboring in vain and will miss all the things along the way, including the opportunity to be with God along the journey. He wants all of us, every part of us, he wants I mean, I've, I've said it a few times. I believe he wants his church back because we haven't done such a good job with it. So he's fixing us so we'll be able to take his lead. Take his lead. I have heard similar stories from other women during Identity and Thrive when they have stopped and taken time to follow God's direction. It was always resulted in them getting closer to God, understanding who they are, and learning important lessons that make them stronger individuals and leaders. I am positive that we all have challenges in taking the lead from our Heavenly Father. I often think about life as stoplights with God, and that sometimes we need to keep going until we know the lights turn red. But my challenge is remembering to take God's lead and not miss out because I have decided to make my own way along my journey with him. My gifts and strengths need to be used, but if I do it on my own, it will not amount to much. So let's take his lead together and have some laughs 
along the way. Take God's lead. So forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. Sounds a lot like the same thing. And we didn't communicate. And I share this a lot. We don't really communicate about what we're going to share about. And the open sharing is good for everybody. Number one, it's good for the person to be able to practice here in an unhostile environment before you go out that door. And sometimes it's hostile. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's absolutely perfect. I mean, I had a great time with my family. Obi's three. He said to me, Poppies, you have a big tummy. But I forgave him. I didn't carry it. I was taking God's leave to forgive. <laughs> His. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And Ellie. Ellie is such a treasure. She's five. Can you imagine making that decision? Okay, I'm... God, you want me to let my kids lead? Sometimes it's fearful like that. God, you, you want me to trust you no matter what? It was kind of an interesting uh, week, as it usually is. And uh, yesterday, Jan and I went and visited my mother. And I'm learning stuff about people with dementia. And in all the dementia books, dementia books, it says, don't correct them when they repeat themselves. Just say, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. My, my mom in 10 minutes asked Jan six times how many grandchildren we have. But you know what my mother said when I came in? And I haven't been able to see them because there's been COVID there. And they quarantine and you, you can't go in, so I phone. The first thing I said to my mom when I got in the door, I said, so what have you been doing? Well, before I, you got here, I was praying. Well, no, absolutely. So the Holy Spirit doesn't change in people that have memory loss or dementia. It's still there. It doesn't go away. I encourage you. Remember that. So I, I, said, I said to my, and she's kind of lost. She's in a wheelchair and they kind of make her walk with her walker. But while they're walking her around, there's a, an emergency wheelchair behind her in case she has to sit down. But so she, her, the thought going from here to her feet doesn't work very good. I says, Mom, she says, oh, can you take me to church tomorrow? I said, well, it's a little difficult on days that, that I share, but I'm going to bring you next week for Easter Sunday. She remembered that. She remembered what that was about. She knows her Lord and Savior. That doesn't change. Doesn't change. So anyways, as I was saying, yesterday I was interested to see my mom, deal some estate stuff, which is just mind-boggling. We're dealing with two estates, probates, all of that. Go to grocery shop, come home, 
got had a few phone calls. Uh, I think uh, Benny's his name. Every three weeks he gives, he brings me about $150 worth of groceries. And I bring it here. We have, a, we have a pattern. He just opens up the back of my truck if I'm not there. And he puts it in. But we have a chat. I mean, God unctions him to do that. So then I go in the house. And I'm trying to get my day to wind down. But I get a couple of phone calls that I've got to deal with. And we have, we have nice supper that Jan makes. Tacos. It's good. I finally get to the couch at 9 o'clock. Just kind of dozing off. Ring at 10 after 9. We're not used to getting 10 after 9 phone calls, but we do get them occasionally. And it's the Eagles lady calling to say that there's some chicken and potatoes to pick up. I go, oh, oh. I said, Barb, could I come tomorrow after church? Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. So that's what I have to do after church. Go get some chicken and some potatoes and figure out where I'm going to take it or what I'm going to do with it. But I get off the phone and perish the thought. I go, God, and I've said this before, God, my life's not my own. (laughs) And you know what he says to me? Hmm. Well, I didn't like that response from him. So I went, God, my life's not my own. Did it again. Hmm. So I said it again. God, my life's not my own. And he says, did you just realize that now? (laughs) It's true. Our lives are not our own. They're his. They're his. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Oh, he's had to do that to me several times. Our lives in Christ are not our own. My freedom's in Christ. I'm sorry, but my freedom is not because of the charter of rights and freedoms. My freedoms are in Him. My freedoms are are in Him. And and I, I hope people know that. I hope people know who I am in Christ. I get called Pastor Spider. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. Some say, oh, what's, what's your, well, when, when you get asked what's your name three or four times, I maybe you'll remember this one, Pastor Spider. Oh, that's a remember that. <laughs> that's easy. But I'm okay with that. God gave me that name because <laughs> the way I skate. <laughs> Arms and legs, right? Guy came in the store one day. Is, uh, is Bruce here? And I knew the guy. I said, yeah, that's me. No, you're Spider. I said, do you think when I came out of the birthing channel, my mother said, Spider. She said, Bruce. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. It's okay. It's okay. 
we, we still have lots to do in our town. I, I think this, the, the film thing is great. And, and uh, we need to be more imaginative in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. Rocket. He's our rock. Oh, scriptures. Mark eight thirty-eight. Like I said, I did have I did have a rather long scripture, but I'm gonna you know what? God has kind of said, you do that on another day. So let's uh Mark eight thirty-one to thirty-eight. Goodness. Now I know why the optometrist has said it was time for me to come for in a... <laughs> I'm having a little trouble here. 31, 38. He then... Jesus predicts his death. He then began to teach them, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, disciples, he rebuked Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What was he saying to Peter? Forget about yourself. Concentrate on me. Concentrate on me and your heavenly Father. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Take God's lead. God, what do you want? What do you want? I I get it right sometimes that that I... do what he wants and I know it's what he wants and it works because he's in it then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me you know what the whole (laughs) I think our whole church service has been about this past lives Lives live for Jesus. Grace. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Praise God. And I shared that. Steve, Steve and I were, were with someone. And when you're with Steve, at least for me, well, we, we, we have different gifts. Don't desire to be someone else. Be who you are. Be who you are in Christ. Whether it's you're a, you're a hand and you're not a foot or you're 
a nose and not an ear. That's what it says in scriptures. We've all got different gifts. Be who you are, but be the best who you are. Be the best. It's no longer I that liveth, Christ that liveth in me. So I'm, I'm sitting and listening to Steve. And it gets to a point, and some of you, Steve's one sermon that I remember, and I've heard it from him so often. And there's three things. You know, if you, if you can do these three things, you're going to do good. One of it is don't get offended. Don't believe the lie. And the last one, it's not, it, it's not about you, it's about him. It's about Jesus. So I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I know my friend, we've been friends forever. In my head, I'm going, give it to him. Give it to him. <laughs> give him those three things, especially the one. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about Jesus. And, and I, I'm thankful. And I was praying, praying. And in three hours, got to that place. Now the increase is on God. The planting and waters, watering has been done. Now the increase is about God. He's on that. He's on that. It's not about you. It's about him. So forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. It's what I have. Oh, man, I yeah, used to run around. And I, I still do that. I still give out stuff. But the most important thing I have to give is Jesus. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the grabber. Because there's nothing better. There isn't. There's nothing better than Jesus and what he's done for us. Like I said, I'm so thankful that Jesus, the King of the Jews, did not come to save the Jews from the Romans. He came to save the world from their sin. And anyone who chooses, chooses Him, has eternal life. I mean, there's, well, I, I mean, Brian and kind of alluded to it too. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd be standing here if I'd never, if I'd never found Jesus. That that's, was from a mother that I have. Boy, she read me like a book all the time. And <laughs> I remember when, you know, Bruce, I keep having a dream. I see you standing in a pulpit. I said, Are you kidding me, Mom? Not a chance. She did. Yeah. One time. Pardon? Yeah. Oh, uh, 
No, I think I was a Christian, but I was mucking it up pretty good <laughs> at the start. <laughs> I mean, even to that, I think I've shared this too. When I was skiing one time and broke my skis, and the girlfriend that I had said, um, I have an insurance policy. So we put my, this was in Kamloops, put my skis on her insurance policy. Well, then we broke up, and I went home one day. This is the Holy Spirit. This is how God kept me on the straight and narrow. Come, and my mom says, I can't close my eyes, Bruce, and I, I see skis. I see broken skis. Well, I drove to Kamloops, wrote a check, stuck it under the door of the insurance company, had a little explanation. Don't try and find me either. I'm giving you interest. No. <laughs> no. But our, our, our God is like that. John, when he came in, when he talked about in all of us, he says, oh, he's refining us. Well, I said, yeah, with fire. He is. He wants to clean up his church. That's us. Praise God. Let him. Let him lead. Let him lead you. I mean, I close my eyes. I can see Sarah chasing Obi and Ellie around the playground. And she's having a gas. You know, what do we... If you don't understand grace, you know, you're always telling your children what to do. Oh, don't go there. Don't get your shoes dirty. It's like when I come home from church and I'm, I decide I want to do something in the driveway and my wife's looking out the, the door and she says, are those your good shoes you're wearing? Well, she knows they're my good shoes. Are those your good clothes you're wearing? She knows they're my good clothes. And I tell her that. <laughs> but let, let, <laughs> let God lead. Heavenly Father, just bless each one that's here today. And Lord, let us lead us. Let us give you the lead. Here, take me. I'll follow you. I mean, it says in Scripture that we're followers of him. Help us to do that, Father, in this time, in this interesting time in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing some more.